0: This is
1: Dubai
0: I 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. Hi guys, welcome along to this podcast. It's Mark Lloyd from Lunch with Lloyd. And uh, one of the things that we were talking about on the show was funny school pranks. And my goodness, you guys got up to some nasty stuff, let me tell you. We also went drift driving with Gaith Al-Falasi. And a little bit of rap music on the show with 3Tune, who told us about his footballing career that turned into a rap career. Also, after school school and weekend activities. We chatted with Paris Norris all about that and Speck from Music Arabia told us about a brand new initiative to help entertainers and musicians here in the city. Do enjoy it and join me live weekdays from 11 o'clock on Lunch with Lloyd. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd on Dubai Eye 103.8 Today we're talking about our funniest school pranks um, and we're asking you guys, school prank that you remember going on at school. It kind of a prank was mine um i remember we had a mathematics teacher Mm. his name was mr sweeney Mm. good name isn't it and uh, but he 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 was before he was a teacher he was in the royal air force and he was very proud of of the fact that he'd been in the royal air force and served his country Uh and what um we used to do because he was so passionate about this we'd try uh, at the start of the class it was a mathematics class so nobody wanted to do it uh we would try to kind of sideline him and get him talking about his years and yeah, yeah. the RAF. And he, it would last, if we could get him going... Um, It would last the whole one-hour maths class. So we'd just hear about his stories, regaling his stories about his life in the RAF. And then at the end of the one hour, we haven't done anything. How how Uh,
1: did you do in your maths exam? uh, (laughs) And it was
0: absolutely brilliant. We got off mathematics just by getting him sidelined and and talking about his years in the RAF. So that's mine. It's perhaps not that funny, but it's one that stays in my mind.
1: Okay, one that I did, and I have to say this was completely innocent. I was only six, and I didn't understand what I was doing. And to this day, I don't understand my mentality. But, you know, uh, back in the day, we used to have two little breaks when you were six year little kids. You'd have a milk break and then. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So we were going to have a milk break. And we had those desks, the wooden desks that you lift up and put books in. So I got a book out and I scribbled in it over my work and I put it underneath, went for the break, the milk break with everyone, came Hmm. back. Don't ask me why, Mark. I went to the teacher and I said, somebody scribbled in my book during the break. And no one she asked So you
0: were trying to pin it on somebody and else? And I
1: don't know why I did this. Anyway, I was obviously lacking attention somewhere in my life. But um she said, Who did this? No one admitted it, obviously. Yeah, because
0: nobody had done it.
1: And I'm the only one that went on the next break and everyone stayed in. Ooh. It's bad, isn't it? Oh,
0: That's really
1: bad. I need to see a psychologist. <laughs> I know.
0: I, I think. I think we'll have a little milk break ourselves uh, today <laughs> on the remembering that. So, guys, um, love to get your messages in uh, funniest school pranks that happened to you. Darun joins us on line number two. Good morning, Darun.
2: Morning. How are you, guys?
0: Very, very good. Now, what's your little prank that you used to get up to at school? Um, I was up
2: to no good. But uh, what I used to do was, when I used to hand in my book for marking, um, I never really liked seeing the hand uh, writing of the teacher. So what I used to do was tip x it out, um, and then rip the page, redo the work again, so that I would get higher marks. Dee,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's very deceptive, isn't it? So you get your tip out, you, you know, go over what the teacher had written. And did it work?
2: All the time, I used to get higher marks all wow. the time because she couldn't remember what she had written or she had marked it. I'd always come up with an excuse, oh, I miss you, you didn't mark my, uh, my essay. <laughs> like, but I think I did. I'm like, no, no, I lost my book and I found it again. Oh, yeah, that was
0: Amazing, Daroon. Uh, so you got yourself higher marks all the time. And, uh, oh, yeah, which school was this then? Was this um, in, in the UAE or another country? Where was it? No,
2: it was in London. Um, unfortunately, the school is closed now, but uh, it, it works for me all the time. I'm hoping that my kids are not going to carry on this. <laughs> never tell
1: yeah. them.
0: I think the days of Tipex are over. Oh, aren't? Yeah, Does they anybody are. use Tipex? Yeah. Any-
1: I haven't even heard that word for years. No, I don't. <laughs>
2: I just said to my husband, I used a tipex He was like, what's a
0: tip oh, Yeah, was a, yeah. I'm so old. Darun, Dur- uh, brilliant story uh, there. Thank you so much for that. Thank you, Patrick, for your message. Remember overhead projectors. Yes, I do. I used to remove the light bulb, so the teacher kept some replacement ones locked in her desk. So, of course, then the lens had to go as well. You (laughs) sound like you were up to a bit of mischief there, Patrick. And also, thanks, Gerald. My best friend and I spread the news that I also passed the Philippines' most prestigious college exam. Usually only the best in the class would dare to take it up. Well, after 24 hours from the prank, it turned out to be true. So the momentum was lost to tell everyone about... Um, that it was actually the real thing. Thank you for that, Gerald. We're going to go to line number two. We've got Sashil joining us on the show. Um, Sashil, um, you've got a fair old prank to tell me about. What was it?
3: <laughs> Hi, Mark. How are you doing?
0: Very good, sir.
3: Uh, uh, so, yeah, so basically I just uh, uh, gave my sister a shock. So what I did was I got in, into a small accident, nothing major. Yeah. Just a small, uh, you know, tender uh, uh, issue, so oh, okay. I kind of blew it out of proportion, and uh, I told my sister that, you know, it's, uh, I mean, I hit someone, I'm in the police station. Oh, dear. No, <laughs> yeah,
0: not that <laughs> kind great. Of, yeah.
3: Yeah. What, yeah.
0: What about your school days? Did you ever get into any, you know, kind of um, uh, scrapes there when it comes to setting up people, tricking people, school pranks?
3: Oh, uh, yeah. I was kind of the prankster. I, what I kind of remember things did you one? do? Uh, I'd kind of like, you know, take stuff from, uh, kids' lunch boxes and, you know, just fill... Okay. <laughs> not I usually eat, the, eat their stuff and, uh, I'll just leave the wrapper in the box. Just.
0: <laughs> well, that's a bit nasty, something. Sushil. I hope you're not <laughs> doing that anymore. I mean, is that something that you put behind you?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> just, just a few laughs So when I talk about it uh, with my friends, you know. Yeah, well, keep... We used, f- to, get, we used to have this thing called pen fights, you know. What's that? we used to uh, we used to uh, uh, play with the pen on the table you know it's a bit of uh, what do you call it pen golf
0: so
4: okay. you just
3: uh, make sure that you uh whack the other person's pen out of the table when uh oh, that, that was a nice right. game we used to play
0: right cool so, okay well thanks for your call Sashil. much appreciated uh, thank you, Tim, for your message. We've been asking you about pranks that you used to play on uh, your teachers or on your uh, uh, co-pupils at school. And um, Tim says um, we would prank our RE teacher by purposely coming into his class as individuals at 30-second intervals <laughs> and apologising for being late. That's that's a nasty one. That would play on the mind, that one, Tim. Thank you for that.
1: This is Dubai I 103.8.
0: You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. Yeah, I hope you're well, nice to be back with you on the show. My first day back at work. And uh, once again, a big thank you uh, to Katie and uh, the team. And and kept things rolling whilst uh, I took a little break of a couple of weeks. Now then, we're going to get the wheels on next. And uh, if you ask any young guy, young boy, probably when he's growing up, a lot of them. Uh, will say that they want to be a racing car driver when they grow up. And for one Emirati, he is living his childhood dreams, let me tell you. It's a real pleasure to uh, welcome to the show the um, uh, Emirati award-winning racer, uh, Gaith Falasi. Gaith, how are you today?
5: I'm very well, thank you.
0: I'm very well. Excellent stuff. Well, great to have you on the show. So tell me about this dream and, um, you know, when you first started dreaming about um, having a career behind a wheel.
5: You know, when they say dreams doesn't come true, but actually it does. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I have, started, I have started this since 2009. Okay. And I kept kept doing like the, you know the racing, karting, bikes, and all that stuff. Of course, it it wasn't cheap, honestly speaking. Yeah. But, but now I reached to a stage which is I'm really happy with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so th- you
0: you are a drift driver, and uh, so uh, also a car enthusiast as well. But tell me more about drift driving because it's something I've not come across before, Gaith. It's
5: it, it's the other way around. Look when when you when you go. To- on a normal track and you drive, right, you, you're going to slow down on the turn. But when it comes to drifting, it's the other way around. You need to be to go actually faster. So when and you... You make sure the car slides as much as you can.
0: So it literally drifts, slides across the sand. It sounds like, you know, quite a technique. I mean, how long does it take you to learn something like that?
5: Uh, I have no idea. been I've been doing it before even I get my driving license.
0: Really? <laughs> so, do you, what do you prefer, driving on the road or driving out in the desert?
5: Well, in the desert, it's it's way safer and it's like, uh, it's way more open. Yeah. And it, it's like, uh, if you think about it, there is no pavement, there is no people going to be walking around, there is no other cars, you know? Yeah. You, ju- you just like feel really free.
0: Yeah, uh, that, that great outdoor, that great space. I mean, when did you and your family realize um, that, you know, this was going to become a, a big part of your life? You weren't outgrowing the fast cars and you really wanted to do this seriously.
5: Well, I had the bet. I remember the first race I joined, it was in 2009. And my dad told me, if you come first, then you're allowed to continue. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. <laughs> and I, actually, I did. So you won that race. Yes, I did.
0: And uh, then your dad obviously um, you know, said, OK, you can continue with this. I mean, you've won 22 trophies already. I mean, what would you say is your most memorable race?
5: It's this one, the first race, to be honest. Yeah. Uh,
0: tell me how you felt going into that race, Gave.
5: Imagine you do a race for nearly three to four hours because it was an endurance race. And then you end up the race and you just lie down, you're tired, that's it, like you're done. And you have all these motions that you don't know if you win, if you didn't win. You have no idea because it's all about the timing. And once they keep saying the names, like the third position is this guy, the second position is this guy. And when it comes to the first position and they they call you name, how does that feel? Mm. I I don't know how to explain to be honest. That's how it was that day. And I I ran to the (laughs) stage. This was so good.
0: I can I, I mean how old was you then when when you won that first race?
5: That was I was 25 years old.
0: 25. Okay. Um now obviously you've got to be a, a bit of a thrill seeker I think to, to do this. But also, you know, safety comes into it as well. So tell me about the safety skills uh, that you need to learn to uh, be involved in in a sport like this.
5: You have you have to have all the safety gear. You have to have the helmet, gloves, shoes, chest chest protector, knee protector. All the stuff you needed because once you have it on, you will even feel more safe and you will really go like more than than the, the normal, let's say, mm. people when they don't have a helmet or they don't have gloves. A very small stone, by the way, if, hits you, if you hit your, your hand or hit your forehead, yeah. it, it it doesn't feel any good.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. I, I mean, as a car enthusiast, um, I have to ask, what car do you drive? And I, I'm guessing you drive a different car out in the desert than what you do around the roads of Dubai. Uh,
5: yes, actually, true. So, what, I have tell a me. Jeep Wrangler, which is fully modified. Like there is nothing on that car which is stock anymore.
0: Sorry, which 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 model is that again?
5: It's 2012. It's a Jeep Wrangler.
0: A Jeep Wrangler, okay, and nothing. Yeah. <laughs> everything's modified
5: everything is modified i have a supercharge on it i have a custom seat i have racing seat i have a special roll cage on it yeah and i need to take you actually one day
0: yeah and and uh, is that the car that you drive around the roads or is that your desert car
5: no that's my desert car and actually the other car you might actually laugh at it it's a smart for two it's a what a smart for two okay
0: <laughs> okay uh- <laughs>
5: <laughs> that's, that's my daily car like i go from here to there
0: yeah yeah um now uh, i've also heard that you were the first ever guy to actually drive on the ice rink uh, at dubai mall um tell me about that experience
5: well the honestly i thought it won't happen because the, the, they wanted to do an advertise on that rink, and then They had to, and I was there around 12, let's say, 12 at night. And then we were shooting until 7 a.m. But honestly speaking, how it feels on that ring when you know that you're Mm. driving. I drove the car in that ring. Like I drove it in and I drove it out. It, it felt so good, honest speaking. It feels really good, and you have to be really careful because the the place is really small. Yeah. Because they want me to slide the car and drive it, like little bit of doing little bit of drift and stuff like this. But, yeah, honest speaking, it wasn't easy. Bet,
0: yeah, because you could easily hit the sides of the of the of the rink, couldn't you? So, what's going to be your yeah. next challenge, or what is your next race, Gabe?
5: Well, there, there is actually now because it's it's hot. So we do, let's say, uh, simulator online racing from from now and then. But my my target is hopefully I'm gonna go to Russia in February, and that's gonna be a snow snow race. Hopefully, hopefully that's my plan. To be that's on.
0: your plan next. What advice yeah. would you give for uh, you know young people listening to you um, that that wants to kind of follow in your footsteps and get into to drift uh, racing and you know other kinds of motorsports.
5: Well, motorsport is, is really, you will really enjoy it the more you drive, like the more you, you start handling the car. And this is not easy because I honestly started from doing karting. Imagine, like from the karting, mm. this is where everything grown up afterwards. Because you get the whole basics from the karting and then you may, even when you do the karting part, you have to have the gloves, helmet, shoes. So, so, automatically, you will be, you know, getting ready. And, you know, when you get ready, you have, to be, you have to put your safety gear on. And then you drive however you want to drive. And I would suggest always, if you want to do anything of this, it has to be in the track.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, where can we follow you, Gaith? And, uh, you know, keep up to speed with uh, what challenge you've got next and some of your crazy stunts.
5: Well, I'm very active on Instagram. And I have also TikTok, Snapchat, I have like mostly all of the social medias, but the the most one I'm looking at or like looking after is my Instagram. And that is? It's is Reith G-H-A-I-T-H underscore seven nine. G H A I T H underscore seven nine.
0: Great, well, um, you uh, apparently said you'd take me out for a ride one of these days, so... Um, well,
5: whenever you're ready.
0: Uh, whenever I'm whenever ready. ready, okay. Am <laughs> uh, Do I need to eat lunch first or leave it till after?
5: Oh, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. You're just going to have a little bit of sand here and there and and that's it
0: Gaith a real pleasure chatting to you really do appreciate your time there that's once again the award winning racer Gaith Al-Falasi
1: this is Lunch with Lloyd
0: on Dubai Eye 103.8 Hey, welcome back into the show Sunday kicking off a brand new week here on lunch with Lloyd and talking music is what we really love to do on this show and especially if the musician is called three tune that's
1: a fair old name isn't it eh? I wonder if he's gonna do fortune <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe that'll be his offspring in the, in the future you can be fortune uh, three tune welcome along to the show sir how are you
6: I'm fine, sir. Thanks for have, having me on your show. Yeah, tell
0: me a little Appreciate bit about yourself. On. Tell me about yourself, and, and especially where 3Tune came from.
6: So, 3Tune came from the heart of Dubai. Born and raised over here. I'm 24 years old, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, Been doing music since I've been, like, you can say around, like, 12 years old, maybe? Okay. Like, 12 years old, I've been, like, introduced to the music and everything, but the, the, the age that I really um started doing music like professionally you can say was at the age of um probably around like 18 okay 18. yeah like these years, years been all like practice years the five years i guess you can say
0: so who were you listening to um back then on the radio that really inspired you to want to get into the music business um three tune
6: oh there's a lot on the list that inspired me many artists inspired me such as the wayne t-pain kid Cudi. kid Cudi is actually one of my faves um, he speaks to my soul. Every time I play a Kid Cudi song, it just wakes me up. It, like, revives me, I guess. Like, his music is on another level, and I like that about Kid Cudi's music. Um, and there are a lot more artists out there that ins- that inspired me. Um, I like T.I. T.I.'s music sounds amazing. You have the baby, that's a new school rapper. You have the likes of um, Lil Uzi Vert. Yeah. These are all new school rappers, but they, they're all, like... Amazing rappers.
0: So, I mean, you grew up in a bilingual family. Um, Did people around you expect you to go out and make Arabic music? Or, you know, were they uh, very much behind um, this kind of rap influence uh, that you took?
6: Um, No one expected me to go out and make music whatsoever. No one ever thought (laughs) that I would go out and make music because I used to play football. So um, no one thought I would, like, switch lanes and go and make
2: music, you know? yeah.
6: But creativity calls me always, so wherever there's creativity, I'm always there. Um, speaking of the background, um, the environment, like uh, guys, um, like pushing me towards uh, doing music. Excuse me. Um, I had a lot of guys, Arab guys, that were doing music, but Arab, like Arab style-wise. Yeah. Um, I tried to do one song in Arabic, but it didn't go as planned. And I felt like I would never be able to reach the mass audience that I want to reach because I I have high ambitions. And um, I'm trying to reach the mass audience as much as I can. So by doing that, you need to drop English music because with English music, you can speak to every uh, person in the world because English is a universal language, as we all know. So... um, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to reach a mass audience, trying to reach everyone's heart with the music that I drop out there. You
0: sound super confident, and I really like that. Now, uh, we've got a clip of a song called Nervous. Just give me some background as to this tune and, uh, and what it's all about.
6: Well, Nervous was written actually about uh, a girl that, well, she obviously had me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we actually shot the video at uh, the girl's place Okay, um, and the way we shot it was just a simple shooting, like one angle and and everything. Like one angle, a lot of takes, you know? Yeah. Um, it was a fun day, it was a fun day actually. Like we had a couple of drinks. In the video actually, I was actually like super lit in a, in a, in a sense, you know? Um, yeah, it was it was it was nice. But
1: can I ask like, you a question? Why did you choose to uh, shoot the video at the girls' house? Didn't that make you nervous? <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah, it did, it did. But to get over the nervousness, I had to like be in, the, in that in that spot. Right.
0: Like Let, let's have a listen to this song anyway. A little clip from Nervous. Sure. So that's a little clip then from uh, that song, Nervous. Tell me about the recording of that um, three tune. And, um, you know, is it one of these that was made um, kind of pretty easily with home equipment or did you mix it all in a studio?
6: Like you said, it was made all in a home, in a home, Um, my home, obviously. Um, Most of my songs, I record them at home Um, and most of my songs, I mix them down myself. But nowadays, since things are kind of hectic, I kind of need extra help, like hands help with the mixing down. Okay, so I have my homie that he he mixes down for me the songs.
5: Okay.
2: So
6: um, most of the songs you see, like I said, like they'll be, they'd be recorded at home. And I like to record at home. And I'll tell you why. Because when you record at home, you all alone, you get to be like creative you get to sit and like sit with your, with your thoughts mm-hmm. and come out like come up with crazy crazy ideas new ideas no one's there like draining that energy away from you you know cuz it's all about the energy so when someone's in the room with me i feel like he's just taking away the energy so i can't get as creative as <laughs> so you're a one man show <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess think, you can say that.
1: I think Mark can relate to that because I drain his energy all the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's what's the journey been like cracking the music industry here in in the UAE? You know, has it has it been a difficult one, um, or have you found it kind of easy to get your name out there um, at Three Tune?
6: It is kind of difficult to crack the the scene over here because the scene that I'm trying to crack hasn't been made yet. Like the scene isn't doesn't exist over here.
0: So you're a pioneer. <laughs>
6: Yeah, I guess you can put it in that that sense. Yeah,
0: I also want to ask you as well. Why did you turn your back on football? <laughs> what,
6: what was oh like, yeah yeah? What, what was the reason story, for that? It's a, it's, it's a long story, but yeah, I'll tell you why. Um, I turned my back on football because I was struggling to keep my grades up in school. So my dad actually told me to focus on school rather than football. Yeah. So I dropped football, went to school. Lost focus on school because I was doing music <laughs> and then I lost it all together. Yeah.
0: Um, so have you got any new music uh, coming out? Any gigs by, that we can maybe come and see you live?
6: Um, uh, new music is on the way. I have a lot of music recorded. You can say possibly like 20 songs recorded. Yeah. But I'm not going to use all of them. I'm just going to pick and choose, you know, close my eyes, pick and choose one. Just chop it on the album. Um, whatever sounds good, I guess it's going to be on the album. Um, the songs have been mixed and everything. They are ready. But I'm just waiting for the, the manager to give me the release dates and everything. Mm-hmm. So I know when I can uh, announce it on my social media pages and everything. And speaking of gigs, uh, we, I had a gig. I had two gigs, actually. Uh, I had one gig recently on um, Last Scene Live. It's a production company. Okay. Um, I did I did a song over there called Pop. It's one of the songs on my pages. Yeah, it's called "Pop." Um, I performed it live, okay, in the in the studio. As not, it's not a studio. I mean, it was a studio. It is a studio. Let's just say it's a studio.
0: Okay. <laughs> it is so, or it isn't? Uh, I
1: think he's had a late night in yeah. the studio. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, so, if people want to follow you, three um, tune, where's uh, where's the place that they need to head to to catch up with uh, your your new songs?
6: They can follow me on Instagram at three tune and they can also follow me on YouTube because on YouTube and, and Spotify because these are the main apps that I always update like I uh, iTunes and all the other apps get updated too but like the most apps I'm active on uh Instagram, YouTube and Spotify. Yeah. These are the apps. And they can find me all on 3tune under the, na- the name of 3tune.
0: Okay. And I've got to ask you before you go. And um, does that girl still make you nervous? <laughs>
6: <laughs> to this day, to this day, bro. Oh, <laughs> this that's day. sweet. I like
0: it. Oh, well, fantastic. Uh, Three tune. Wish you all the best and uh, hope to catch it with you again in the future when life, some of that life. new music comes out. Absolutely brilliant. And uh, just Thanks love that for song. Me on the show. Real pleasure, sir. Isn't that any cool, eh?
1: Yeah, that was really cool. I, I like the fact you still nervous. I like it when guys are nervous around girls. Have yeah. you ever had that feeling? Oh,
0: yeah, all the time, all the time, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm sure you're I talking like your wife, super
0: right? <laughs> shy, super shy when I was growing up in, in my teens. Aww. And uh, I was constantly still i was nervous getting out of bed i was nervous going <laughs> the whole thing yes
1: this is dubai i 103.8
0: you're listening to lunch with lloyd Yeah, welcome back to the show lunch with lloyd kicking off a brand new week my first day back uh, in action as well and uh, it's always a pleasure to go on a little bit of an adventure on a sunday and the man who takes us on those adventures joins us next on the show uh paris norris how are you sir
7: I'm extremely well. Thanks, Mark. How was your holiday?
0: Very, very good. Um, I spent a lot of time playing Angry Birds. In fact, I'm an expert at it now with my granddaughter. Uh, So uh, anything that you want to know about Angry Birds, how to get to the next level, I'm your man, Paris.
7: Good. I'm glad you spent it productively.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, um, of course, kids back at school uh today uh so we need some fun adventurous after school and weekend activities which is what you've been taking a look at this week
7: yes well you know i'm a bit of a kid myself so i quite often find myself uh you know doing things that kids do and and uh, i still massively uh, enjoy it and um Dubai is great for for those types of activities and um it's still quite hot at the moment but the the weather is starting to cool down or should do hopefully during september and i came up with a few activities that i love to do and i know that kids love it as well yeah um what, one of those is ice skating um and i remember learning that when i was younger and it was just the best thing ever i wanted to do it all the time <laughs> um and you know uh fell over an awful lot when i was younger but uh but uh, it, it was great fun. And there's a lot of places that we can do it here in Dubai. Um, obviously, most people know uh, the ice rink at Dubai Mall. Yeah. Um, and you can you can have classes there and you can learn uh, even ice hockey. But there's also a couple of other ones around town. There's uh, the Al Leisure Leisureland in uh, Udmefa. Yeah. And there's also the Galleria Ice Skating Rink uh, in the Hyatt Regency in Deera. So, um, you know, if if you've got kids back at school, I would recommend maybe trying out some of the the other ice skating rinks because they're they're not always so busy during um, sort of after school time or on the weekends. Uh, And they're also a little bit a little bit more cost effective as well so uh that's something that i would recommend for the weekend or after school
0: yeah it's a lot of fun isn't it and uh you know if you do want to take it a little bit more seriously i suppose um, you know having lessons to teach you the basics the correct way to so i know there's a way to fall there's a technique to fall isn't there paris yeah yeah yeah
7: yeah you don't fall on your face is, is all i know <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah uh, yeah there is definitely uh, techniques but i still haven't really mastered it <laughs>
0: Right then. Um also um I believe water parks is something that um that you've been you know checking out and uh, always a good uh, day out
7: or afternoon out aren't they? Absolutely and it's still a good way to cool down right now. So uh it's it's good for this time of year and you know I, I think a lot of people already have been to Wild Wadi and Aqua Venture and they're they're brilliant water parks and um you know I think they're you know some of the best that I've been to and I I spent my whole childhood going to water parks on holiday uh but one of the ones that i i uh, have been to and i actually did an episode for my tv show around it yeah uh, was the was the laguna water park which is in la Maire, and um it's maybe a little bit uh, uh less familiar to some because it's it's newer um it's it's maybe sort of three years old um and uh it's a little bit more cost effective, but I had a really great time there. And you can also learn how to do something called flow boarding, which is uh, a little bit like surfing on a artificial wave. Um, And I tell you something, Mark, it's a lot, more difficult than it looks i know,
0: i <laughs> tried that and i didn't yeah. last i last must have lasted about three seconds uh on it before of coming flying off uh but that yeah that water park laguna absolutely fantastic been down there now another one of my favorites and i love playing every time i get to uh, do some 10 bowling and there's quite a few different uh, locations across the city that we can do this
7: yes there are and i've recently just sort of got back into this and uh as a, as a kid, I always wish that my mum took me 10 pin bowling more often. Um, it was always so cool. And yeah. it was, I guess kind of, we always looked at it as an American thing to do. And, and that was very cool. You know, when growing up in England and, uh, but I went to one recently on blue waters called brass monkey. Yeah. Um, and I have to say, it's really very cool. They've, they've themed the whole place and, you know, you can have food there and drinks and, uh, uh and, and play 10 pin bowling. And, um, uh, I was very chuffed that I've still got the knack because I, I I managed to win that game. A few strikes, uh, a eh? of... Sorry, say again, Mark? What... A few strikes. Yeah, yeah, I got a few strikes. And, uh, yeah, I had a really great time with friends, and I think that's what it's about. And it's good for kids, but it's good for adults. Uh, so so that, that's a great one. Uh, so Brass Monkey, I, I would highly recommend on Blue Waters. But there's also uh, a, a, some bowling alleys at the Wave House at Atlantis, And then there's the bowling centre, the Dubai Bowling Centre as well. Um, So there's a number of different places.
0: Yeah, you can't go wrong with that. And uh, Brass Monkey is a lot of fun. And if you go upstairs, they've got the most amazing array of of games, of kind of arcade games as well. Probably the biggest Pac-Man that I've ever played in my life. Now, the thing to our show today, uh, Paris, we're talking about pranks at school. Um, Pranks that we used to get up to at school. And I believe... You've got one for me. So tell me all about your naughty days at school.
7: Well, Mark, you know, I spent pretty much my whole teenage years doing pranks on people. I I went to boarding school and, you know, too many kids all in one place. And all we could think about is, you know, how to trick the teacher or how to trick one of our friends. Uh, So I spent pretty much, you know, most of my school days doing pranks. But then it was the, the one the sort of most interesting story I have for you is actually from university because I had all these sort of prank ideas that I took to university and a lot of other people hadn't come from the same type of school that I did. So, so they, they, they weren't so uh, inspired by pranks. And I went to uh, a business school in Canada called Queens business school and it had a very good engineering uh, department. So a lot of the engineering okay. students there were really incredible, they could take apart anything yeah. and build anything. And I was always amazed by them. So at the end of the year, I I got together with my engineering friends and they had always told me about their professor, who was quite an eccentric character. So I said, "Okay, guys, I've got a really good idea. So what we did and, you know, I'm not suggesting this to anybody. (laughs) Right. All right. uh, We and and luckily we knew he was a good sport and it was a tradition every every year to play a, a prank on the on the professor of engineering. So so he knew something was coming. So what we did, the engineers and I um, dismantled his car and rebuilt it inside the squash court in, the, in, in the gym and got, got it rebuilt and, and turned the engine on. So when he woke up in the morning, he, he was like, where's my car? <laughs> and I found it in, in the, uh, inside a squash court, which, of course, he couldn't get it out of there, uh, Yeah. Uh, yeah so uh and he, he was quite shocked about it it got into the the the, the village newspaper and uh, the town I bet newspaper he did. and uh and it was it sort of got around university as being quite a, quite a crazy prank of course we had to own up to it and and um, we obviously I hope, uh I hope you uh, rebuilt fixed, it fixed the situation
0: yeah <laughs> uh, Paris great story um keep those coming in guys on 4001 your school oh, your childhood school pranks To that number. Paris, um, if people want to follow you and keep up with your uh, programming and uh, all your action adventures, where do they need to head to?
7: Yeah, so I'd love for everybody to watch our our show, which is on OSN for the Middle East and Amazon Prime outside of the Middle East. If you're traveling at all, you can also catch the show on Emirates or Tihad and catch up with our day to day activities on uh, Guy in Dubai uh, on Instagram. Uh, that's where you find
0: us. Fantastic Paris Norris Guy in Dubai, great to have you on the show as ever.
1: This is Dubai I 103.8
0: You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd Yes, yeah, Sunday lunch, first day of a brand new week and we're going to talk the business of music next as ESMAA is a brand new UAE based music rights management entity which is going to be helping music licensing here in the Gulf region and Spec from Pop Arabia joins us to tell us a little bit more about it, spec. How are you, sir?
4: I'm good, brother. How are you? Very,
0: very good. So, S M A A. What's Esma. it all? Asthma, asthma, es- it, What's it all about?
4: It's it's the word. Um, it actually translates to the word "listen" in Arabic. So okay. um, that's that's the origin of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, the history of uh, the region has been sort of complicated with respect to um, a lot of misunderstanding about how copyright and what what sort of laws protect music in this part of the world and historically the issue has been that um there are laws that protect the rights of songwriters and composers Mm -hmm. and music creators yeah um but there's been very little enforcement um in the region historically and but but even beyond the enforcement issue typically if you want to license music uh in a in a market like the uk for example there's an organization called prs for music and prs um what the law says is that every time a a piece of music is either reproduced or broadcast or played in public that you need permission from the the person who created it Mm -hmm. uh what what that means in a practical sense though is that there are millions of songs that people play and so if you're somebody who just is going to play a a playlist in a restaurant you have no idea who actually owns all these rights so it's it's sort of in a practical sense it's impossible for you to follow follow the law yeah um and so what they do in countries uh, around the world is they'll usually have a rights organization that in effect aggregates all of these permissions from all of the various people that have created music who, you know, sign up to this organization and say, well, look, if my music is being heard, I give you the right to license my music onward to wh- whoever wants to use it. And as long as you collect money, you distribute me a, a, a pro rata sh- my share of that, then we're good. Now, historically, in the UAE, there's never been uh any sort of organization that is able to sort of represent uh rights owners uh as a sort of rights management entity uh so to speak and um it's been a long time coming because the copyright law was written in 2002 you know so um the 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 challenge has been that um a organization even organization that wants to license music like where do they go because you know the law also says that it's it's um it's prohibited for a foreign organization to license locally in this country unless they have a local trade license and that conundrum has meant that music licensing just hasn't really happened in a broadway um in 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 the gulf generally yeah and so um so we set up a subsidiary of Pop Arabia called Esma uh, which we 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 sort of got the trade license for um, last February, but we spent um, the past year or so uh, discussing rights uh, representation with uh, various global rights holders. And we announced a couple of weeks ago that we had signed deals with PRS for Music, the UK rights organization, and SOCAN, the Canadian rights organization, and that we had been admitted as a what they call an army client to SISAC, which is the organization that oversees all collecting societies around the world there. They've got 200 over 200 members in over a hundred or so countries. And so for the first time in the history of music rights, there is an organization in the Gulf that is a member of SISAC and that is representing global rights organizations to be able to license music in a simple way to people that want to use it.
0: Right. How's it going to benefit the artists and musicians in, in this region?
4: Well, um, you know, there'll be... I mean, we've, we've got a lot of work to do uh, ahead of yep. us. Yep. So, um, you know, we've, we've got to start, you know, sort of completing agreements to license uh, more global rights holders as well as, on the other hand, conversely, licensing people on the ground over here so that music licenses are in place, but in theory, assuming we 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 make progress on that, and we are already making uh, some significant progress in both those areas, um, you know, as long as a composer is uh, or music creator is a you know signs up to Esma for representation, then they'll be able to uh, collect on revenues that are collected in the Gulf markets.
0: So, the, so, so the, the artist actually so needs the, to sign up with, with you guys th- to be part
4: of this. Well, e- either us or somebody that we represent. So, if you're a PRS member, for example, then then you will get paid. You know, when when uh, your your music is used somewhere, uh, or if you are a member, well, one of the publishers that we represent is a company called Songtrust, and they represent. Um, you know, all kinds of, you know, they, they represent hundreds of thousands of independent songwriters who might yeah. have a song or two or five released and anybody can sign up to Song Trust, you know. And so as long as you are signed up to either us directly or through uh, one, of the, one of the rights owners that we represent, then, then yes, you'll, you'll be able to collect on your share of music prov- prov- provided your music is being played somewhere.
0: So where do we need to find out more and sign up for this?
4: So, we're not, we're not, we're sort of very much in startup phase. We only just announced ESMA about two weeks ago. So, uh, we're in the rights representation uh, growth phase. So, we're still signing up uh, global rights holders like PRS and SoCan. Um, But, you know, we will get to a place, uh, you know, I would say early next year where we'll, you know, people can sort of sign up through our website, Mm -hmm. which is esmamusic.com. ESMAA music.com. But otherwise, they can also sign up to PRS or SOCAN which are some of the rights organizations that we already represent. And if you are a member of either of those organizations, the royalty will still flow through to you if your music is being used somewhere.
0: Awesome, Speck. It's a real fascinating conversation that could go on for uh, the rest of the show for sure. But uh, once again, that's ESMA, a brand new initiative here uh, looking at music rights. Speck there from Pop Arabia, thank you so much for being with us on the show.
4: Thanks, Lloyd. Thank you.